Welcome to Employed, a podcast about careers. Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, Employed is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm Allie, and today we'll be speaking with Chris, a radiation therapist. All that we've put them through in radiation, they're the most giving people I ever met. And it's it's inspiring. It's it's amazing to watch these people come in and, and fight this battle that they're fighting and to help them fight it. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining me this afternoon and, and just coming on to tell a little bit about what you do every day. So can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your job? Yeah, sure. So I'm part of one of the uh, main healthcare institutions here in the Utah area. I'm a radiation therapist, and there is a lot of different radiology, radiological science modalities, if you will. And um, it's easy to get them all mixed up. So I'm a radiation therapist. I mainly deal with cancer treatment. Probably 95% of my, my day is just working with cancer patients. I've been doing this about 10 years. And right now I'm the chief radiation therapist. I'm over three different hospitals. I oversee the, the radiation treatment through three hospitals here in the Salt Lake Valley. And um, mainly it is making sure that our radiation is delivered accurately, appropriately, safely, because the amount of radiation we use is a um, hundred times more than a normal x-ray. We use radiation differently than any other modality in radiology. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I started off in uh, x-ray school as a um, x-ray technician or technologist. Yeah, I just kind of started out that way and kind of specialized, um, moved up into a more of a manager position. And there's there's still places to go. This isn't the end for a radiation therapist. A lot of times that's kind of the end goal for a lot of people. But for those that want to move on, it, it's actually a really great stepping stone for further uh, education and moving up in, in the world, I guess. Can you share a little bit about what sparked your interest in this field in the first place? I had looked into medical school for a long time. I was really toying with that. And um, I just realized it was a, a lot of time, a lot of money. I found a really good niche. It was a nice little happy medium for me. I'll be honest, I didn't really do it for what a lot of the other people in my field were doing it for. You go in for your interviews to get accepted to a program and the cliche answer is, oh, I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of something, you know, to help people. And and I'm going to be honest, that that really wasn't me. I, I like the science of it. I loved applying physics and using it to do something. And I liked the money was in, I was thinking of my family, the, the money was okay. Um, it didn't cost a, a lot of schooling. It wasn't a, a lot of schooling, kind of bang for your buck. I, I really um, thought that that was, that was my original plan. Little did I find out that later after I was in it, I have found such satisfaction and, and a drive and, and I have found that cliche that everyone's talking about. Yeah. I just didn't have it naturally, but I love helping people. I love figuring people come to you with all, you know, all hope is lost, you know, right. and you know, radiation therapy in particular, uh, people come to you with cancer mm-hmm. and their whole life has been turned around and you're a hope for them. You're a beacon. You are something that they they have nothing else to hold on to, and they put a lot of trust in you. Their families put a lot of trust in you. If there's anything I've learned about cancer over the last 10 years, it's that this is not just a physical disease. 
This is a mental disease. It's an, it's emotional. It's an emotional battle. It is a family battle. It affects not just the person with cancer. It is such an all-inclusive and all-encompassing disease. I find so much satisfaction at the end of my day, knowing that I really made a difference. So you touched on a little bit of the the education portion. So can you walk us through the process? Sure. So I can kind of uh, segregate different modalities that um, radiological sciences have. Um, There is a world of possibilities for anyone that's wanting to do anything in radiology. So a lot of times, uh, most people are going to start out in x-ray. And it, it, back in the day, you, you were able to kind of be grandfathered in or trained on the job. Now things are kind of moving more towards degrees, um, specific schooling for that. X-ray is kind of your, your base foundation. It's, the, it's your entry level. It's right where you're going to be. Um, and for that, typically most uh, universities and programs. It's it's a two-year program. There are other different types of licensures that you can get, kind of like a nurse or a, an LPN. You can become what's called a, a radiological technician. Those are the kinds of people that you'll see in um, clinics. They'll be taking x-rays of broken bones. Um, they'll work in small clinics. They, they won't be in hospitals. A lot of MAs will come in um, and doctor's offices need their MA to be the lab the nurse, the, the, the grunt worker, and the x-ray person. A lot of times people will go to school and that's just like a six-month program. It's a limited license and you can do x-ray and just take x-rays um, in a small clinic. Then you can get your full um, x-ray license and that is a radiological technologist. So there's a technician and there's a technologist. The technologist is the x-ray person that you see in the hospitals. They go around taking x-rays, but they also do more in-depth studies. They start using contrast. We do things in the abdomen. You can do fluoroscopy exam, and fluoroscopy is live x-ray. It's like a video camera x-ray. And so you can watch, you can do swallow studies where watching people swallow. You can do small bowel studies. You go into the OR, and you're um, as an x-ray technologist, you use C-arms to help the surgeons be where they want to be. They'll probably put in some screws or they need to visualize what's happening in the body during surgery. You'll be a part of the OR and, and that that's great. Technologists um, will be in the ER. They'll be pretty much everywhere. And that's kind of your, your base entry level x-ray job there. And that is going to be about two years of prerequisites And then the actual program is going to be two years of x-ray school once you've been accepted. Uh, Here in Utah, Weber State does a fantastic job. You'll sit down and you'll take a a board exam. It's a 200-question exam. Then from there, you'll just move on to your your hospital. Now, your your university or whoever will probably set you up with a hospital or someplace to do your clinical hours. Your clinical hours are going to be where you, that is your bread and butter of your education for real. It's the on the job. So you'll go to your hospital and you'll do about 360 clinical hours a semester. So I think it was like a total of 900 and uh, yeah, 920. Yeah, it's two years of a lot of clinicals. You are, you're a student for a while. But then after that, there is a whole nother world. Your second year, you can move on in your imaging world. You can move on to ultrasound, mammography, CT, MR, nuclear medicine. And then I chose to do radiation therapy. 
So now you have a technician, a technologist, and a radiation therapist, and that's where I am. I specifically treat cancer. I use a, um, a machine called a linear accelerator. The linear accelerator, the reason I liked it so much versus the other modalities, and there's a lot of pros and cons of each uh, modality, but I can tell you that radiation therapy was unique in and of itself. So radiation therapy was another additional three semesters, so about a year on top of x-ray. And the reason I liked radiation therapy is that unlike any of the others, the whole reason for radio, radiological sciences is to take a picture of something to try and find out what something is. In, in regular x-ray, we're trying to find something for someone else, the doctor in, in most cases. We're trying to take a picture of something and so somebody else can do something about it. And the thing I love about radiation therapy is we actually are using radiation to do something about it. We're using that radiation to change DNA, to, to hit, to target cancer cells. And we're actually doing the work. We're, we're the ones, by the time they get to us, we've already known, we know that they have cancer and we're using the radiation to, to do something. And that's what I really liked about it. The other thing um, I, I like about radiation therapy is that it's Monday through Friday, nine to five. And in healthcare, that's, that's unheard of. You know, you've, you've got a lot of on-call situations in the other modalities of radiological sciences. On-call is, is not as demanding, and it, it's there, but it's very, it's very rare. The other thing is we get holidays, a bulk of the holidays off. So that was also another plus for radiation therapy. And then um, it did pay a lot better than um, a lot of the other modalities. And it was, it's more the one of the higher paying modalities out of all the radiological sciences. So I, I like that. And, and let's, let's segue into where can you go from here? So you kind of described some positions that leading up and then after this, where, what opportunities are available? I'm going to be honest, radiation therapy is, is amazing. And a lot of people, this is, this is our goal. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to be anything else. This is, this is my jam. But there are some people that um, will move on and you, can be, and you can do what's called dosimetry. A dosimetrist is, you're going to be more on a computer. You're not going to be with the patient daily. But um, I like to think of a radiation therapist as the uh, contractor. They go out and build all the houses. And then there's an architect who creates the plan. And a dosimetrist will take a CT scan that the therapist has done. And they will look at the CT scan and they'll say, okay, well, this person's cancer is right here. So I'm going to kind of come in at this angle. We're going to deliver this much radiation because we want to hit this. We don't want to hit that. We want to make sure that uh, we get the right dose to all the places. We're going to come in all these places. And then, they, then they're the ones that kind of create that plan and help the, the oncologist, the radiation oncologist, the doctor. They'll work together to kind of create this individualized plan for the patient can become a chief therapist like myself. I'm more of a manager now. So I oversee three different hospitals and I've got a team of radiation therapists that I'm more looking at what kind of protocols are we trying to do? What kind of uh, safety concerns do we have? I'll kind of oversee those things, but um, you can become a lead therapist. I've even seen some people go on to PA school um, and or become MDs. So there's a few other different ways to go. 
Yeah, it really opens up a lot of different opportunities and paths. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would say for anyone that's, where do I start? Where do I begin? X-ray, I, I have to give my homage to, you know, the X-ray world. What are the demographics of your field? Do you see that it's more of, you know, male or female dominated? Everything in Utah that I've been, I've been at uh, multiple different places. It's about 50-50 across the board. Um I know that, you know, online, it probably, it's like a, a 75 or a 70-30 ratio. And I, I just haven't seen that in, in the world that I am here in Utah. But uh, same with oncologists, radiation oncologists. There are unique challenges um, with, with both sides. I can mainly speak to the challenges of, of being a man in this field. Breast cancer is one of the most common forms of uh, cancer for women, obviously, and that can be hard for, for some women to have a man present and, and helping them through their, their breast treatments. That can be challenging. They don't, want, they don't want to be seen by a man. They don't want to be treated by a man. You need to be able to step back and say, oh, people have been given the cancer diagnosis. There are so many ways to go through this. You can, you can become a general. You can just, okay, Next step, next step, next step. Some people become angry. Some people become very ambitious. Um, and you got to be able to step back and, and be there for that patient no matter what. What range of salary can someone typically make? Online, it's across the board. I mean, it depends on where you go throughout the country. You know, a typical x-ray, entry-level x-ray job here in Utah is, you know, anywhere from 40000 a year to fifty. But when you search online, I mean, it goes all the way up to 100,000. There's for-profit and non-profit hospitals. There's um, private doctors that can, you know, there's, there's so many things that go into it. Better benefits at one, a pension at one, but you get a, a more higher paying salary on the other. So I would say generally for x-ray, you're, you're, you're around 40,000 to 50,000. And then in radiation therapy, um, you're somewhere around set, uh, sixty to eighty thousand. If you want to move on to maybe like a, a chief therapist position, you're probably going to be more eighty to a hundred thousand, and then dosimetry is is about that a hundred thousand. So it just kind of steps up a little bit every time. How is your progress measured, or who are you managed by? I'm over a group of people. Now, the thing about radiation therapy is that you are not alone. You, this is a group effort. If there's anything I've learned about cancer is it's not a one man show. There are dosimetrists involved, nurses, front desk workers, managers, oncologists, uh, all for one individual patient. And so you will be working with all different kinds of groups of people collectively to see a patient through the process. And just to maybe walk you through a, a, a normal day a patient with cancer will come in, they'll get a consult from a doctor. They'll say, okay, this is the kind of cancer you have. This is what we're going to do. And so they'll go and they'll meet with the radiation oncologist, and then they will be sent to what's called a simulation. A simulation is where they will get put into a CT room with a radiation therapist, and we're going to put them in a position that we can duplicate radiation treatment every single time. So trying to get a human that's movable and moldable every single day in the exact same spot can be very tricky. So to do that, we'll, we'll do a CT scan. And we have all different kinds of devices that we use. 
Some devices, if it's a head or a neck, will make a mask that will mold around their face and actually attach them to the table. The amount of radiation we're using can be lethal. If we miss, you can't take that radiation back. Yeah. Radiation can be very dangerous at the levels that we're using. So there's there's no room for mistakes. And so we, we double, quadruple check things. So if you're anything like me, an OCD checklist kind of a person, this is going to be great for you. Like in school, I struggled. I struggled with moving on until I got the things, you know, the next, I had to get this one done before I went to the next one. And, and this job really fits that personality for me. But um, anyways, we'll take them into this CT scan. And once we've lined them up and got them in a, into a position using different devices, we will give them a set of tattoos on their body. It'll be permanent. And so not only do you get to do arts and crafts, you get to give people tattoos. Um, you get to use, I, I, I used to do construction with my uncle and I love, I love just building things. And so I didn't get, I didn't have to lose that part. I, you get to be creative and cancers, they're not cut and dry squares. You know, it's unique to everyone. So you kind of got to think, you got, you got to think outside the box sometimes. And so trying to get positions and, and people who have just had surgery, how, how do you get them in a position that they physically can't do, but you need to get them in? We'll give them these tattoos on their skin, and we use some lasers that will, that will line them up to every single day with a radiation, with a linear accelerator, with the, with the machine that we use. Then the patient will go home, and we hand off that CT scan to a dosimetrist. The dosimetrist, like I kind of was talking about earlier, they'll create a plan on how are we going to do this? How much radiation? The patient will then come back a week later, and we'll start our very first treatment. And the very first treatment, we will get them all lined up again in the exact same spot we did previously, and we'll check and make sure that, is this going to work before any radiation is turned on? Once the radiation oncologist comes back and okays everything and says, yep, that's where we want to be. Go ahead and treat what you need to. Then the radiation therapist will carry out and they'll be the ones to physically move the machine, get the machine into position. They'll follow the, the doctor's prescription and they'll be the ones to, to deliver the radiation. The radiation machine, actually, it has so many interlocks on it. I mean, you can think of any kind of movie, action thriller that you can think of where you have to turn a key and, and type in a password and hit this button at the same time. I mean, that is our machine. So there's so many different kinds of safety mechanisms. We call them interlocks on the machine that if everything is not right with that machine, it won't let you treat. Yeah. We have so much radiation in, that we have to use a specific room that's uh, lead line, concrete line, the door the door is a two-ton door. I mean, they're in a vault and that patient's in there by themselves. When we, we, we step out of that treatment room and we've got cameras on them. And so our job too as therapists is to be there with the patient and help them understand what's going to be happening to them. And that can be very fearful, you know, for mm -hmm. someone. Um, there's a lot of anxiety that you got to try and help overcome with the patient. And then there's the actual physically carrying out the work and delivering the radiation where you need to. You've got to make sure that they hold really still. If they move, you know, we could hit a spinal cord, we could hit vital organs. And so you got to make sure that you're, you're watching and, and there is a little bit of pressure. There's a high stress level and, you know, the job outlook for a radiation therapist can, can be challenging because it is such a good gig, I think. 
There, I mean, there's no turnover. It took me about seven years to finally get a full-time position. I was in a part-time position for so long, just kind of a PRN position. And I was almost about ready to give up on therapy. I needed to feed a family. And I said, you know, maybe uh, x-ray CT isn't a bad thing for me. I, I actually enjoy it. So, but I was given an opportunity and, and a couple of years later, then now I was made the chief therapist. And there's a lot of schools that are pushing out therapists and it is a little bit more difficult. You need to be willing to maybe move out of state. And I wasn't really willing to do that. And I, and I realized that, but I wanted I wanted different things for my family. There were other people in my same class that um, they, you know, they went to Vegas, to California. You know, there's opportunities, but you need to be willing to possibly move. Just out of curiosity, have there been any studies to show that people who work in this field are, you know, at greater risk just being around this technology all the time? So um, in radiation, you have these little badges called dosimeter badges, and those are reported to a governing body. And you can only receive so much radiation in your entire lifetime or career. And okay. it's more than the general population, but you really need to be a really bad x-ray tech. So you'll have an annual dose and you have a lifetime dose of radiation. Yeah, you are at a higher risk. Um, you, you will get annual dose. And that was also another plus of radiation therapy. Once becoming a radiation therapist, I was no longer having to hold cassettes, you know, for a crying baby that fell down and broke their arm or something. I didn't have to hold the cassettes and get radiation close to me. I'm getting zero radiation or just the general, what the general public gets on a regular basis because I actually step out of the room. I'm not even around when that radiation comes. And a big misconception that a lot of our patients have is that you know, am I going to be radioactive after my treatment is because the, the movies make radioactivity very different from what diagnostic radiation is. The radiation that we make, we, we make it, it's like a light switch. We make it with electricity. You can turn it on and off and it doesn't make a person radioactive. There are sources of um, radioactive material that are actual radioactive. They have half-lives they actually used to be used in the olden days when we actually had a piece of cobalt 60 in the machine and you'd just open up a window and it would deliver radiation and it would just be a radioactive rock and then you'd shut the lead and that was how they treated. We, we now use electricity. In general, radiological sciences will get more radiation and they are at higher risks for, you know, radiation-induced things, uh, cataracts. A lot of people... It, for me, it's not it's not that big of a, a difference. And in fact, in radiation, I'm getting in radiation therapy, I'm getting a lot less radiation. You know, you're working with cancer patients most of the time. Does that ever get draining or exhausting, or do you ever experience burnout? I get that asked a lot. I would say yes and no. Every single one of your patients are coming in because they have cancer. There are so many people who have who've touched my life and hopefully vice versa. There are certain people that, that you just connect with. It can be hard. I've had patients die during you know, their treatment process. They'll come in for a radiation treatment for three to five weeks uh, every single day, and you'll get to know them individually. You know their name, you know their families, you know their fears, and then to have them pass away or just know the struggle. I mean, so many so many stories, such sad stories. 
pregnant moms that have just found out that they have a brain tumor and probably only have a few more months to live after giving birth. Uh, grandmothers, mothers, young people, old people, and it can be difficult. It can be hard. Yeah. At the same time, there are so many good stories. You don't really hear those stories. Tear jerkers are what get headlines and that what, that's what really moves people. But I can't tell you how many good stories, miracles that happen on a regular basis. The good really does outweigh the bad, but you will need to learn how to cope with, with death and, and, and hard situations. And when somebody comes to you and says, are you going to fix me? Can you, can you heal me? And, and you don't have an answer for them. You need to be able to hold it together and, and be that strong person that they, they need. And you can't give them a false sense of hope. And, I, and most of my colleagues would say the same thing. We cry. We have to help each other. But that's what makes it so rewarding. What's a good day that stands out to you? What's a day, a good memory that you have? Every patient that finishes treatment, they get to ring the bell. Some people, they can be so excited and, and, and they celebrate. And, and people celebrate in a lot of different ways. Some people um, just want to go and they don't want anything to do with this. Um, and, <laughs> and they're done. Uh, but the celebrations can be fantastic. There's, there's always a funny story, and I'm not sure um, how appropriate this may be, but there's one particular patient, she was going through breast cancer, and radiation at the end of your treatments, the side effects are very similar to a sunburn, because uh, that's what radiation is, right? And so her, her breast tissue was really crispy. It was really red, and she had reacted poorly to it, and um, she was blistering pretty bad. But it was Christmas time. She came in and she was she was one of those jokers. And she came in, laid down on, on the table, and we opened up her uh, her gown to get to her tattoos. And she had glued a she had glued antlers on her breast tissue, and she was a Rudolph. And you could imagine <laughs> what was the bright red nose. But she she just I can't tell you how many patients make laughter a treatment. Those kind of little things happen, you know, regularly. There's another individual that she was not a very happy lady. And you know, one of those people you just can't please no matter what you do. We had some complications with, with her and we had gone out and I was talking to her husband and there was one moment where he said, Are you, have you put up with her long enough? I mean, I know how she can be. And I said, no, 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 no. I was trying to be professional. I said, no, she's, she's a peach. She's just very pleasant. And she looked at me and she said, what did you just call me? I said, no, 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 Peach. <laughs> From then on, she turned around and we became best friends. She was one of the most difficult patients ever. Just that one little moment, we started laughing. And I, I think about her regularly. At the end of her treatments, she brought me in a big basket of peaches. These people going through cancer, um, I can't tell you how amazing they are. They're so giving. After... All that we've put them through in radiation, plus a financial burden with radiation and everything that they've gone through, they're the most giving people I ever met. It's just so rewarding to be a part of that. And I'm just thinking, you know, when I don't feel good, the last thing I want to do is think about somebody else. And it's it's inspiring. It's it's amazing to watch these people come in and, and fight this battle that they're fighting and to help them fight it. 
That has to really just put your life into perspective every day as you're being around people that have just received the most devastating news and are at their most vulnerable states and just watching how they, you know, take that treatment by the horns and how they react. That has to really kind of put things into perspective for everyone around. Yeah. When you you realize how grateful you are for the things that you do have and how ungrateful you are when you react to things, when you think that your life is hard, it always puts things into perspective, this job. So it is inspiring. It's, it's amazing. What is maybe a bad day at work or what's a challenge that you feel like you have to face a lot? There's a lot of days where you have been going, going, going. Cancer um, isn't convenient. It, we have ebbs and flows. Sometimes it'll be so busy, but there's been some days where we had you know an emergency patient and the family was just so afraid and and you did all the extra things you went the extra miles to help comfort the patient the family and they were so appreciative and we were making headway everything that was inconvenient happened for this particular individual just kind of connected with the whole family and just when we thought that things were going great uh, he he passed away it was just so gut-wrenching to go through all this hard work and and not have it work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those those kind of things do happen. That's kind of a, one of the, the hard days. Do you have any advice for, you know, younger listeners or someone who's considering changing a career path uh, into this industry? Do you have any advice for them? Job shadow, job shadow, job shadow. I've had so many students um, come in from x-ray. So because x-ray is your stepping stone, you get to kind of job shadow and and, and actually see what's happening. The internet is a great place for, for knowledge, right? But I've had so many students that come in and realize what radiation therapy is. This is not for everyone. It's, there's a lot of repetitive things. Our processes are very checklist oriented. And if people you know, don't like that, the best advice I could give is just to physically go see. Thank you to Chris for donating his time to the show. Make sure to check back next week for our season finale, and don't forget to rate and comment on Apple Podcasts for your chance to win a gift card. Thanks for listening.